superstar Charlotte Flair, also known as the Queen, and uh, listen to Wrestling POV podcast and always do it with Flair. Woo! Who's Marty? Didn't we go over this last week? Just read the script. Okay, okay, okay. Who's Marty? Tito Santana or Rick Martel? Strike Force Edition. We also have Triple H, the Little H, the Silent H, and Pedigree. Oh my goodness! We have news, rumors, and injury this week in wrestling and more on the greatest wrestling podcast of all time, Wrestling POV Podcast. Yes. It was a weak, 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 weak. <laughs> I couldn't even start right. Oh my god! A weak, weak. Damn. That's a tongue. That's a tongue twister right there. That's another bad. A weak. W e a k. W e e k. Okay. It was a weak week of wrestling. Like there you go. Too many W's. You know what? I challenge everybody right now, just to say what I just said. A weak week in wrestling. <laughs> wow everybody's just like everybody right now is either on the train or on a plane or in a car <laughs> or, or at, at home at work and they're just like a week week of wrestling Tony it's easy week week of wrestling like Tony what the hell is wrong with you man but you know what y'all should know by now that I'm not good with tongue twisters See what it is is that like Tony Ruby, has Ruby, an extra see, large tongue. He, that's he, a, that, it's that, swollen. That is what it is. Ruby Wyatt. Ruby Wyatt. I hate. I love Ruby. Don't get me wrong, but if you notice, every time when we do talk about her, I only say Ruby. I never say the other part. Tony's like Ruby, Ruby Wyatt. Riot. Ruby when, Riot. When, when Tony predicted that Ruby Riot would win the Royal Rumble. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just simply terrible, man. Oh, my Lord. Uh, all right, you know what? Let's get on with it. Yeah. Babylon about it. my speech impediment long enough. <laughs> Thank you. anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, it's not, but uh, still went there. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Oh, Lord. Um, all, right, all right, this week we have the Who's Marty? Strike Force. Those yeah, that are not, fr- go ahead. What? Yeah, you know, I like. Uh, I'll give your tongue a little rest here. Yeah, thank um, you. Who's Marty? <laughs> now, guys, this whole this is a little explanation here. Um, mm-hmm. The whole who's Marty thing is who's the Marty Janetti of the tag team. Now, it's r- real simple. When Marty Janetti was part of the Rockers, Shawn Michaels left and went to superstardom, yep. and Marty went nowhere. Um, he was just left behind. So obviously, when they were looking at this tag team of the Rockers, people were like, "Sean is the superstar, and Marty's mm-hmm. the Marty." So when we pick tag teams, our focus is not what they do before their career or after the tag team. It's so all about during. what during the tag team. You have mm-hmm. to pick one: who is the Marty and who is the Sean. Who's Sean doesn't sound as cool as who's Marty. So that's why we go with who's Marty. <laughs> so it's during the tag team. So, for right. example, today we have Strike Force, Tito Santana, Rick Martel. Now, right. we know that Rick Martel had a successful career before 
the tag team. We know mm-hmm. Tito had a, a, a pretty good career after. But during the tag team, when you look at these two guys, who is Marty and who is Sean? Right, Tony, right. I'm putting it on you first. Oh, who man. is Marty between Tito Santana, you know what? And, our and, friend Tito Santana? <laughs> now, I will say this, and um, it, it, this this is my own opinion anyways, damn it. I don't it's care. POV. It is my POV. He was on the 200th um, episode. And he was, yes, he was. He said you were the second toughest opponent he's I ever had. I was his second toughest opponent I ever had. He, he's ever had. I've ever had. Um, <laughs> but now, I will say this, okay? That um, I have to go with um, Rick Martel, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because he they gave him the gimmick of the model. Yes. With the big ass perfume or whatever the per, whatever that was, Arrogance. who knows? Fa- fragrance, the fr- smell of fragrance. Oh, hello, and. Um, I just did not, that was not, okay, now, if we're going to go and say about his resume, absolutely, Rick Martel is definitely not the Marty of the group, according to his resume, but I do have to say, what did they do after, seriously, what both of them do after, which gimmick (laughs) was worse, the Matador gimmick or the damn model, which one was worse, you know, um, ugh. Yeah, I'm going to stick with um, uh, Rick Martel. And the only reason why I'm sticking with, yeah, that he's the Marty of the group. And the, and the only reason why, and it's not just because Tito was on the show. Not just because T- I'm Tito Santana's second toughest opponent over Greg <laughs> Hammond Valentine. It's not because of that. But at the same time, Rick the model as a tag. Now, he tagged with Tony Gurria, didn't he? Yes. I think he did. Yep. And they were a good tag. They were a good tag team. Um, in this case, I just I didn't see it. Um, the gimmick itself, Strike Force, was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it, especially the fact that um, when Tito Santana, he's the one that mentioned it during a promo. We're yeah. going to strike with force. That's a good name. That's going to be our <laughs> name, Strike Force. No, this isn't G.I. Joe Strike Force. No, terrible. Um, I think, I think, oh man, this this one was tough, but I, I, I'm gonna stick with my guns and I'm gonna stay with Rick Martel. Rick, all right, you know, you, you kind of went against the rules, but you know what? I You're did. a rule breaker, that's what you do. I did um, went against it, but I'm I'll, listen, I'm just saying, um, because even if like if you look at it with. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty when they were the Rockers. You know, ooh, hello. Nobody's laughing. Um, but you got to remember, you know, even after the careers uh, as as the Rockers, who was more successful? Yes, you know, Shawn or or Marty, and it was Shawn. So yeah. you can't tell me that after they were done with Strike Force that Rick Martel was more successful than Tito when. In WWE, um, Tito said it on the show that they were going to push him in line for the heavyweight title to go up against uh, Shawn Michaels. So, you know, I'm kind of casting my judgment based on that as a team. I don't think they were even a team long enough, you know, 
to even be considered a legit team. They were tag team champions, though. Yes. Which is odd. Were. Which is yeah. odd. Um, but, yeah, no. I'm sticking with Rick Martel. All right. You know what, Tony? I'm, I'm going to go put the kibosh on this whole thing. So, you, I, the way I look at it, first of all, if, if we're going by the career afterwards, I honestly love the model character. And mm-hmm. not because his name is Rick, by any means. Um, I, I really, 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 really liked it. And pink is my favorite color. Bret Hart, pink and black heart attack. Mm-hmm. This dude came out with the pink gear, the light baby blue gear. I loved it. I just he thought came it was out with really... a light pink. Not yes, even the and, dark pink. Baby pink. I loved it. Um, but I, I just loved Rick Martel. I thought of, of what he could do in the ring. Um, and if we go previously, like we're not supposed to, uh, Rick Martel was an AWA champion. You got Tito Santana was intercontinental champion. Yeah. Um, but as a team, when I look at these two guys, Tito was the bigger guy. Um, but I have to say this. I honestly think Rick Martel was the Sean of the group, and I really thought that Tito was the <laughs> Marty of the group. Wow. Yes, I know. I know, Tito. I know. I know. Don't be he's mad gonna, at me. He's going to call you. And I'm going to call him Chico. Well, he, he's going to page you because, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tito doesn't know how to use freaking <laughs> FaceTime or... <laughs> um, Poor no, Tito. Listen, We're busting Listen. On you. And, and I love Tito Santana, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. But when it came to this tag team, Rick Martel was one of my favorite wrestlers during that era. And mm-hmm. uh, I have to say, uh, when it came to this team specifically, uh, Tito is the slight edge on as the Marty. <laughs> it's very close. This is this is this, this is a tough one. This one we've only tough. done two of these, and this is definitely the toughest. Yeah, this one is tough, and and. You know, like I said, for me, I have to cast my judgment on which gimmick was worse after they were Strike Force. The yeah. Matador gimmick of the freaking mob. Matador was terrible. The ma- it was terrible. It was bad. That was, that but was but here's, the, here's the deal. The model wasn't even that great anyway. Come on. The mo- no, come on. Jake he, the Snake that, that when he sprayed not, him in the eye? No, I get that, but he... That's it's not him. That's not Rick. arrogance. Espe- especially the fact that uh, you, you know. All right, put it this way. You know when I have said that there's some people, wrestlers, that could actually be a baby face and not a heel. Like they try yeah. to act too. That was Rick, in okay. my opinion. He was he when because that was, it was a heel character, and I just. No, knowing and seeing Rick Martel all those years, um, even when he was AWA champion, and then he was tagging with uh, Tony Gurria, he has that baby face face. You know, but I couldn't see him as a heel. And it well, it's like he hard. Was, it looked like he it, was trying too hard to be. A you heel. know what it is? It's def- definitely difficult to get a model character over as a heel. You know? Yeah, not really. Because so, think about it this way. Rick Rude, if they gave no. that gimmick to him, he would knock it out the park. Bobby well, Rude. Bobby let's be Rude. Serious. He would do it too. Rick Rude had the physique, but he didn't have the good looks that Rick Martel had. Rick Martel had that French Canadian fucking accent thing. He had these arrogance. The resistance. Yes. 
Ah, la résistance! Menace à toi! Oh, oh, toi! Alright. So, um. Let's let's get an easy one going. So Josh Sanders sent us one, uh, uh, Who's Marty, which you guys, the listeners out there, can send us a Who's Marty from any tag team you want, and we'll make the decision. So I feel like this is an easy one. Josh Sanders sent us the Hardy Boys, Jeff Hardy mm. and Matt Hardy. Who is the Sean? Who is the Marty? I, I I think this is fairly simple. It is. Um, it is. And and even with what Matt Hardy has done at the end of his career. That was just all promos to me. Because his wrestling True. was still the same. True. His wrestling was worse when he had the broken gimmick. Mm-hmm. His wrestling beforehand was never, ever anything close to Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. He always had this stiffness to him. You know how Jeff Hardy's always yeah. jumping off the top rope and everything? Mm-hmm. Matt is jumping off the second rope. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very stiffness. Like Bret Hart, when he used to jump off the top, his elbow drop was one of the weakest things <laughs> I've ever seen. Matt jumps off the heart. Oh, yeah. and does the leg drop? Yeah. It just, just didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Too many times, Jeff stepping off his back and jumping to do the whisper in the wind or all the other shit he used to do. I feel like messed up his back and his hip and all that stuff. Because Matt Hardy I never seemed never seemed to me to be like the most athletic guy in the room. Mm-hmm. So, and especially for doing the matches they did, like I never said, "Oh, Matt got the hot tag," and and, and Matt jumped up. Jumped off the second rope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, true. <laughs> so so you're going with Matt. Matt is the <laughs> Matt is the Marty of the group. You know, sure. you know, it's interesting because until I heard your point, I was going to go with Jeff. Wow. Yeah. And and the reason why was, well, I mean, look at everything that he's been going through and, and stuff like oh, that. And true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it made sense what you just said, too. So, uh, it, especially um, the fact of, as far as wrestling styles go. Yeah, no. And think about it too. During the ladder matches, who was the one that always went to the top? <laughs> it was Jeff. Yeah. It wasn't Matt. So, you know, I, I'm going to switch my my vote to, to Matt because uh, I did initially was going to go with Jeff. and But then you made a very, very good point. A lot of the times during their tag, you never saw the hot tag go to to Matt. It was always Jeff. Jeff is always the one that did the crazier stunts. He did the crazier moves. And Matt was just, I guess, the hype guy. Yeah, he was a better (laughs) promo for sure. No, he was a better better promo. promo. And on top of that, he did rejuvenate himself. But you're right. because And, and one of the reasons why I was going to say Jeff was because Matt did re- rejuvenate himself. But you're also right when you said, but it was mainly promos. Yeah. And I do agree with that. And, and it was mainly promos. But at the same time, Matt took it to a different level. He took wrestling to a different level. He took um, what he was doing to a different level. More cinematic as you will, here and there. and So that's why I was going to go with Matt. But you yeah. you made a lot of sense by saying it was just a promo. His wrestling skills were still the same, which is true. Jeff, he tried to rejuvenate himself here and there. Um, when he was in TNA, he, he did the Willow, Willow the Wisp. Yeah. And I actually dug that character. That was a creepy looking cat. It almost reminded me of Bray Wyatt, uh, the Swamp Bray Wyatt. 
um, but with a mask on. Um, and then for me, even if you look at Jeff Hardy during the years, he has changed his look. He really has because he never used to wear the face paint all the time. Yep. He didn't. You know, he gradually went into it and then slowly with the glow in the dark stuff and the paint and then this. Stuck it, with it, the gyrating, though. It, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, that don't hurt the hips after a while. Good enough. <laughs> but anyway, but you're right. He, he, the way he rejuvenated himself is throughout the years. And Matt. The only thing he changed was trying to speak like he was some kind of king, and he dyed a strip of hair blonde. So, <laughs> so you made me change my mind, Rick. So, yeah, I will say that Matt Hardy is the Marty of the group. And, and another thing, too, look what he's doing in AEW, Matt. <laughs> Not a damn thing. Now, I will, just to be fair, just to be fair, I will say the same with Jeff because I hate the storyline that oh, they're doing yeah, now. But, but when we go over SmackDown, I do have a, a side note on it that maybe you you might agree with me, maybe you might not. I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll I'll reserve it for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you made me change my mind, right? Yeah. Look at that. All right, and uh, let's move on to uh, for well for next week. We're gonna mm. go into the new day, Kofi yes. Kingston and Big E. Yes. So we're going to look into that next week, guys. So we're going to post it on our Facebook page at Wrestling POV Podcast. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys let us know what you think. Who do you think is the, the Marty of the teams? And we'll mention it on the show. Mm. Um, Tony, now, we, we post a lot of stuff on we our do. Facebook page. A lot of um, garbage. Some, some things <laughs> get a lot of like likes and comments and shares. Yeah. Some things that I feel are very important get nothing. And um But this is probably the most egregious thing, ridiculous <laughs> thing you have ever posted. <laughs> and let me tell you, this some bitch got over 200 shares, got over 21,000 people to view it. I mean, Tony you got some explaining to do. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. I was just, I was watching, um, what was it? It was an old pay-per-view. Um, oh, sorry. It was the Triple H versus Mankind match in the cage. Okay. Um, I wanted to see it. I was re-watching it again just because I saw a post. Somebody put a post up about who is the most, like, hardcorest person ever in wrestling. Uh, Mankind was in it. New Jack was in it. A bunch of people that did hardcore wrestling uh, yeah. was was in the. It was like I'd say I have to say about nine or ten people that this guy posted, and Mankind was one of them. So originally I was just looking at matches that Mankind did because I was going to cast my vote as Mankind uh, or Mick Foley, whichever was there. And uh, so I was rewatching a lot of his matches, and. For some reason, they said the most bloodiest, which I don't agree with, but it was still bloody, a match that he had with Triple H in a cage. Yeah. So as I'm watching this match, and I don't know why, I don't know why, but when he did the the um, the pedigree, there at the same time, I forgot who, I don't even remember who was announcing. Um, they said 
Triple H. And then he did the pedigree. I'm like, holy shit, that does look like an H. <laughs> so I went to find out. A, I went to, you know, I looked online for a picture that can make it look more like an H. And I found it and I posted it. So it was basically, how old were you when you realized that Triple H's finisher actually looked like an H? <laughs> <laughs> And now, you Rick, blew before, up the internet with that I shit. I blew up the internet with it, and I'm, I apologize. No, I don't apologize. I don't. So, before I read these comments, <laughs> Rick, what are your thoughts on my new discovery of Triple H's pedigree being in the shape of an H? I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, who didn't know this? I knew this from the You're second he walked shit. out. As soon as he walked out of the curtain, I was like, oh, that's an H. Pedigree. <laughs> H. No! Who the fuck knew that? That shit blew my mind. I said, whoa, that is an H. That's a whole H right there. That's crazy. Man. That yeah. blue, I, I was today years old, as most of the comments say. <laughs> About a majority of the comments said today years old. Today years old from Ant. Sal Del Greco said, I'm pretty sure Triple H didn't know that either. Laugh out loud. Nunzio Vaccaro says, and, and now that it's been pointed out, has anyone else... Has anyone realized the camera angle is always in position to show it's the shape of an H, but I am still today years old. Now, why did you go through all that? And it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> He's trying to say that there was always a side view of yeah. the H, but um, I don't believe that. No, because they had straight on shots of Triple they H did. when he would lift the arms up. So, yeah, wow. yeah. nice try. So, so you're incorrect on your numbers, Rick. It's twenty five thousand people. Wow. Yeah. Well, I did say 20. over twenty one thousand, but twenty five thousand. Wow. 25. Okay, Tony got twenty five thousand people to look at our page. Yes. Congratulations. Now, Tony. Matt Novak, he said, posted a gif of Kevin Hart saying, "Say what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joseph Elrod said, "Today." Johnny Roberts says, "Yeah, today years old." Uh, Muhammad, I'm not saying the whole thing. He said Triple H is a small capital of H before he uses TH. I don't get that. You know. Oh, I, oh, no, 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 no. Um, he used the the lowercase H's before he went by Triple H. I guess that's what he was trying to say. I don't know. I, I'm trying to help you out, Muhammad. <laughs> it's not working. It's not. I guess from oh, or unless he's saying um when he was Triple. No, that, that makes no sense. <laughs> nice try, None. Muhammad. We appreciate you. Thank you for yeah, keep following commenting. us. That's fine. <laughs> but it still makes no sense. Uh, Enzo Castillo said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then some guy named Seb says, no, no. it's His name is huh. <laughs> Where'd it go with <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with people, man? Jesus. <laughs> Unreal. Some of these comments were just today years old. Yeah, yeah, today. yeah. Every, a lot of them was, I was today years old. It's crazy. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, I bet Triple H didn't even know it. I mean, people give credit. No. People, I saw a couple of comments where people were giving Triple H credit for that shit. I know, right? Stupid. Do you really no. think that's what he did? Or you think it was a, a happy no. accident? No, that was a happy accident. Um, because think about it, too. I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Because he was called <laughs> Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So, I don't know. 
Uh, Tony Wilson. He said, I want to shake the hand of the individual who came up with this. Thank you for making me laugh. <laughs> That's me, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, a lot of people were just putting gifts. Uh, Bob A. Shooter. He says, now I need to see a Triple H pedigree. <laughs> like, all you got to do is go on the internet, dude. <laughs> Oh my lord, there's a I lot of I remember hearing something that, I, I, I don't know if this is true, because I know the DDT was an accident when Jake the Snake came up with it. I feel mm. like when Triple H was coming up with the pedigree, it was an accident. Like, he jumped, and the guy fell, and they were like, that's the move. Like, go, I, I, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I feel like it was an accident, and they were like, the pedigree? that's the move. Yeah, the pedigree. Really? Because it's never been done. I think he was just trying to go do a, a double on the hook thing, and like the guy fell before oh, he was supposed shit. to jump or, or whatever, and uh, they were like, "That's the move." That's and, funny. Yeah. Went with like, it, like, huh? well, well, that's the story with Jake the Snake for sure, where he he had the guy hooked in a headlock, and he fell back, and the guy was like, "Just pin me, and I'll take the count." And no that shit. was yeah, and that's I how the know D- that. yeah the DDT was an accident. It was it was wow. created. Uh, the guy that D- Jake the Snake DDT'd is the guy that really created it. He was just oh, like, that's the fucking move right there. And now everybody just does different versions of the DDT, which is pretty cool. So Wow. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hodge, he says, this interesting. Why? Laugh out loud. <laughs> Brandon Lawson said, also, uh, H kind of looks like doggy style. The fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, also, H... Uh, H kind of looks like doggy style. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Well, nobody else said that. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Collins says that's hilarious. Chris Lee says I'm 15 and I just realized that. Uh, Hardir Bajwa said, and when he completes it, it's it, then it makes an L for loser. Bro. He went. He went on a whole different um, thing there. He, he, uh, he had a different POV. He used the. He's like the first POV was the H, but the second POV yeah. was a L. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> uh, Abdul Reardon. He said Triple H stands for three pedigrees. <sighs> I'm exactly right. today years old. This is why they call it a pedigree. Because when we first came to WD, he was a true pedigree blue butt. Oh, my Lord. Stuart Cameron, he said, 37, laugh out loud, and I'm 38, next birthday. <laughs> oh, no. All right, right now, the Abdu, the Triple H stands for three pedigrees. Oh, my God. All right, but let, this is what I'm, I'm going to do I'm for done. you, Tony. I'm right. done reading. I know we want, we that got just a couple of. Me off. We got a couple of nominees for Hater Comment of the Week. Yes, we do. But there's nobody that's going to top our very own Wrestling POV global host, TJ Logan, who questioned our Who's Marty, saying that it was a silly question. So, you know what, TJ Logan? You are this week's Hater Comment of the Week. And the Hater Comment of the Week is brought to you by Kenny Casanova. Kenny Casanova is an mm-hmm. author, he's a DJ, he's a teacher, he does a lot of things, he's a jack-of-all-trades, former yeah. WWF manager, 
Um, he's also writes books for WOHW.com. So go to WOHW.com, walkingonhotwaffles.com, <laughs> and get yourself a book written by uh, a great guy, but also a hater, Kenny Casanova. <laughs> he wrote books for Tito Santana. Don't call me Chico. He wrote a book for Vader. Rest in peace. He wrote a book for Sabu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you psycho. He wrote a book for <laughs> Dangerous Danny Davis, who was appeared on our show. Good friend, Danny Davis. Yeah. Um, he's wrote a number of books. He wrote a book for Kamala, Kamala Speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the proceeds go to the wrestlers. It, he does not take a dime from that. Um, so make no, you sure don't. you go check out WOHW.com today. For our sponsor of the Hater Comment of the Week, and the biggest hater, but the nicest guy I know, Kenny Casanova. So, Hater Comment of the Week, TJ Logan. Hater! <laughs> See, I TJ's. love you, TJ. That's what happens. <laughs> All right, so, you know what? I'm done reading it. If you guys have any more questions or comments or stuff you want to talk us to talk about on the show... Uh, drop us a line on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll make sure we talk about it. Uh, we need the content because of this whole COVID thing. Wrestling has been a little bit of a downward spiral. So, uh, With that being said, Brick, it is time for the wrestling news from around the world. Uh, take it away. All right, and before we do that, let's get into some birthdays. Yahoo! All right, I'm about to blow your mind, Tony. Bl- okay. Gilberg... Happy birthday, 61 years old. Wow. Right? That's not the mind-blowing part. No, 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 no. Thank God. Right, right. (laughs) Gilberg turned 61. Happiest of birthdays to you, Gilberg. Kevin Nash also turned 61 years old. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow. What is Gilberg doing wrong? (laughs) That he looks the way he looks at 61. Jesus. And big sexy Kevin Nash look big sexy at 61. What's he doing? Who knows, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, think about it this way, too, though. It's, 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 it is, he's called big sexy for a reason. <laughs> Gilbert is Gilbert for a reason. <laughs> oh, man. Well, happiest of 61 birthdays I, to Kevin Nash. I suppose, yeah. Birthday to you, bro. Uh, Wildcat Mark Marrow turns 57 years old. Really? Yeah. He, you know, I gotta tip my head off to him. He 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 does a, a lot of uh, motivational speak speeches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to high schools and you know he he does uh, he tells them his life story and uh, how he lost his mom and um, you know how it impacted him. And uh, it's a good guy. Good guy. Yeah, you know, I always tip my hat off to Mm -hmm. uh, people that give back to the community. Yeah. And uh, he's one of those guys that does that. So, uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Mark Merrow. Um, Shelton Behamin turns 45 years old. Ah, Shelton Behamin. The the, the, the clock is ticking, Shelton. Yeah, it is. Um, Speaking of. You know, I would have liked to have seen him. In this U.S. title run, you yeah. know, in, in the storyline for the U.S. title. I would have liked to have seen him more than MVP, Jesus. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> Tyson Kidd turns 40 years old. Yeah, his wrestling days are over. Yeah. He I, can't I, come I mean, back from this. The only time we'll mention him on this show is when it's his birthday. So, happy birthday, Tyson <laughs> Kidd. 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. And 
and it it wasn't a happy birthday to this man. Um, Adam Cole, baby, turns thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, had a shot to be a two 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 belt yeah. champ. Yeah, and um, we'll talk about that more later. Drop the ball on that one. All mm-hmm. right. With that being said, it's now time for the wrestling news from around the world. Sad news this week as uh, for the McMahons, as Linda McMahon's mom, uh, Stephanie and Shane's grandmother, passes yeah. away at 93 years old. I saw that. Um, yeah. Sad. sad. Um, very sad um, when anybody loses anybody. Uh, our well wishes are to the McMahon family. Um, on the opposite side of that, Sarah Logan is pregnant. How about I that? Saw. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So, so no uh, chances like... for her to come back. No. <laughs> I think she she was saying that you can't get you can't be pregnant and wrestle, and they saw this opportunity as a blessing, and yeah. they, they ran away with it. She said she got pregnant right away, so uh, wow. that Viking uh, boys can swim. You know what I'm saying? Apparently so. <laughs> uh, more sad news. Uh, Lana's parents both have COVID nineteen. Her mom is in the ICU. I heard so, about uh, that. So. Uh, our, our blessings and, and prayers go out to their family. Um, do you think that this has anything possibly to do with her being in the WWE right now? I don't think so. Um, I'm pretty sure. And and the reason why I'm saying this is because I, see, I follow her on social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has mentioned before uh, that she's been away from her parents because of the whole COVID thing. And she didn't want to go near them because of it and this and that. Um, especially with her being on TV, so I don't, yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Okay. Um, she's, she has been keeping her distance, and uh, so can't really blame it on that. You know okay. what I'm saying? No, I guess you know there was just some speculation going around. Yeah, and, and, no, you know, no, no, she, I, I agree with she, you on that one. She clearly posted that she, with everything going on, she said, "Nah, I haven't been near them." So. And with the sad news comes another bit of good news. Um, during SmackDown, which nobody was watching, uh, Tegan Knox came out and uh, yeah. announced that she was gay. Yeah. So that's a big step for her. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. We applaud you here, Wrestling POV. Um, going for the title, I don't think she deserves it. But no. <laughs> congrats on this big step that you took. Uh, it's a, it takes a strong person to do something like that, yeah. and. Uh, Yep. I hope that as time goes on, it becomes easier and easier for people to be who they are and be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my last bit of news, uh, an eye for an eye will <laughs> be CGI. Yeah, yeah. This match, this is, this is, this is, Tony, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's insubordinate. It's definitely insubordinate. It's churlish. It is churlish. And it belongs sure. in Turlet. It does belong in Turlet. And the thing of it is, he's working without a contract. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is, he's going to fucking pull his eye out. That's how you win the match? Yeah. 
Well, I got I got more of that on my rumors, so. Did we not see, see you know what, Tony, go straight into your rumors because that is yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I agree. Um actually no, it's not in my rumors. Actually, it was it's in my notes for when we do raw. But we'll, we'll talk about it then. All right, my rumors sit back because this is going to be a long one. WWE has been showing interest in Tessa Blanchard after she was released by Impact Wrestling. And uh, also because, of course, AEW fanboys are out there and they say, well, she's going to go to AEW. I think she's going to go to AEW. But guess what? Sorry to bust your bubble, but AEW isn't interested in Tessa Blanchard. Wow. Yes. Maybe, they maybe said Tully, Tully's like, hey, this is my show. Exactly, uh, right? You know, Tully's like, well, at least I got a job. But no. <laughs> 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 no, it's, 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 um, yeah, that's an interesting statement being that they have Tully Blanchard there and they're saying, we're not interested in your daughter. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, got to make you wonder, uh, how's that going to make him feel? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible women's division. They could use her for sure. They could use her for sure. But at the same time, uh, Tessa, she was in the Mae Young Classic. Um, she did very well, and they were all impressed with her. And even, I think I mentioned it a long time ago on an episode that the WWE needed to sign Tessa because she was that good. Uh, the, her only problem was that according from sources was that she had an attitude in the back and this and that so i think what they're gonna do is because they're the ones that sent out feelers to to tessa to make her come over but i think they're gonna start her off in in nxt they have to yeah. uh especially if she does have that kind of attitude and all this other stuff well she's i think got no to. I, i'm gonna disagree with that because i think to get humbled, she needs to be with the girls that are gonna humble her. That's she true. She goes to NXT. Who's gonna do that? Yeah. I, I don't see anybody doing that. Well, also, Mia Yim. I think Mia Yim will put her ass that, straight. That's true. Yeah. But what we need to do is, you need to send the Iron Sheik to her. <laughs> he will humble her. Yeah, he would, but in a different kind of way. So, all right. So there, there you go. Uh, there's that. Uh, now, this is interesting. The uh, WWE booked. Uh, a 8,000 plus seat RP funding center in Lakeland, Florida for the July 24th SmackDown and July 27th Raw as part of Vince McMahon's plan to run shows with fans again ASAP. Bro. Now this is going to be a little bit all back and uh, not back and forth um, all over the place. So just bear with me. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, now Chris Jericho claimed the Young Bucks originally wanted Marty Scrawl to be revealed as the leader of the Dark Order instead of uh, Brody Lee. That that makes a lot of sense. That would have made a lot of sense. But what we know now about Marty Scurll. That's <laughs> mm, yeah, true. They made the right choice. Uh, people in WWE were upset with Taz's sloppy shop line on AEW Dynamite in reference to WWE's poor management of the COVID-19 pandemic. We all know, or you guys all know, that we have a hatred for Taz. Yes. He's an idiot. He is. Yes. A, and we, who, wait till we talk about AEW. I got more than that. Uh, yeah, I know. I've been saying that almost the whole show, but still, it's a teaser. But he is, now, all right, now put it this way. I'm not denying that the WWE 
did not have cases of COVID-19. But here's the problem I have. And this is the problem that's going on right now. And yes, it does have to do with the AEW fanboys. Is that... um, Now, I'm not... First of all, because someone mentioned this. And I'm like, chill the fuck out, dude. When I say AEW fanboys, the reason why I say that is because you guys constantly bash WWE for doing things. And then yet, when AEW does it, you say it's okay. That makes you a freaking fanboy. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've also mentioned that there's WWE fanboys too. Yep. So, let's just make that clear to that person it's just, who it's made basically, that comment. It's just basically a person that doesn't see things for what they are. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a person that I'm a huge fan of Bret Hart, but I can tell you his elbow drop was shit. <laughs> I love yeah. the guy. I, I love yeah. CM Punk, but he got his ass whooped in, in UFC, MMA. Yeah. 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 So it, it's so, just like, you got to call a spade a spade. You got to call it out. You, you know? do got to call you, it out. You can't you, be a hypocrite. You can't. And, and a lot of AEW fanboys are. Now, I mean, now, they're defending... Sorry, but they're defending the TNT title oh, over they're the... They're still defending that. Over the U.S. title. That, the, that's what's amazing <laughs> to me. They're still defending that, and we're going to get more into that later. Yep. <laughs> but here's my issue. I'm not denying that there hasn't been any cases with COVID-19 and WWE because of the whole what they've been doing. But in my opinion, this is my opinion, they've been doing it a lot safer than AEW has. But yet, you have not heard of one case from AEW. Why is that? I don't know. Seriously. I mean... AEW is doing it worse than WWE is. I mean... In WWE, those guys are required to wear a mask. They did the whole plexiglass thing, so that way, you know... and, And on top of that... They're making them stand six feet apart. And every time you watch in SmackDown Raw or NXT, they are six feet apart. Every time I'm watching AEW, they're not six feet apart. A lot of them are not wearing masks. They're out there drinking. A guy got thrown into the crowd. (laughs) Exactly. There's no plexiglass there. But they did not have one damn case. Not one. They do have one. And it's their fucking champion. Oh yeah, so right. but he so wasn't even there. But that's the thing, the champion got it. And now mm-hmm. say what you will, Renee Young was around. Yes, I got right. it. But your champion got it. No big names in WWE got it. That's true. Right. <laughs> that is true. That's so, true. But that but my my beef. <laughs> but my beef is they not one case really not one, and they're doing it a lot less. Than how WWE is doing it. WWE, granted, yeah, there were cases. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying that they wasn't, but at the same time, they, they, it has been announced. It's been out there that a few people already tested with COVID-19. A lot of cases so far. But you mean to tell me that AEW, who's doing it worse than WWE, there's no social distance. Don't tell me that they're doing social distancing because they're not, and not one damn case. Except for uh, Moxley, do <laughs> you going to tell me not one damn case, not one? Get the fuck out of here, Taz. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And I got more on that later. 
What AEW? Oh man, Randy Orton. Check this out. Wanted to work with either Adam Cole or Tommaso Ciampa at SummerSlam. The lack of top heels means he will be Drew McIntyre's opponent uh, at SummerSlam. I, I like that though. That's I wouldn't mind that. Listen, I wouldn't Orton mind that. Is on, Orton's on a good run right now. He is. Um, he is. I don't like this whole Big Show thing, but. But I, I know why they're doing it. Yeah. I know why they're doing it. But uh, you know, well, look what happened with Edge, and that's why the Big Show had to step up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and then plus it goes with kind of goes with the storyline, what Edge is doing, you know, with the whole Legend Killer thing. So yeah. it, that's why I say kind of makes sense, and I see why they did it. Other than that, I would never want to see Big Show in the storyline just out of the blue. Yeah, he's terrible, and I'll admit <laughs> that. A new, larger version of the current NXT title is on the way. So they're making another one. Uh, WWE uh, has had new SmackDown titles uh, belt since WrestleMania, but uh, they haven't used them yet. Okay. So it's out there somewhere. It's in the back burner. I think what they're waiting for is for the the fans and the crowd to start happening, and I think that's when they're going to debut it. As far as the NXT title goes, I'm not sure when they're going to debut that. Maybe next week with Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, with this behemoth of a man. Exactly. Because I'm sorry, that NXT title on on, on Keith Lee is like the AEW women's title on... on, um, Nyla Rose. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is, when, it looked big on Adam Cole. That's how it small Adam big. Cole is. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. Well, I, Adam Cole's only six foot two. I I heard. Not he six two, short. but six foot. He looks shorter than uh, that. But I'm pretty sure he has lifts in his in his boots too. Uh, all right. So, all right. A few more. A few more. No, actually, one more. Well, this all ties in together, and this was all pretty. I, I've been here. I heard one thing, and then I, I call somebody up, and then they tell me another thing. I call another person up. They told me another thing. So I kind of mixed them all together. So WWE is now very much unsure they'll be able to have fans in attendance for SummerSlam. They don't want to do it in the Performance Center, but that's now on the table. The decision is not yet imminent. SummerSlam will be held at the Performance Center. So as as of now, it looks like it will be held at the performance center, uh, but they're not sure yet. But uh, yeah. it's it's about like seventy percent sure. Uh, WWE's now eyeing the end of September for the return of of uh, live audiences. So previously, I mentioned that it was gonna uh, they have bought, booked the eight thousand seat for the July twenty fourth and twenty seventh show for fans to be at. We'll see what happens with that. If that doesn't happen, then you can look at uh, the end of September for fans to show up. So, yeah, yep. So now, man, this is serious, guys. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Now, I got some ratings for you. Now, I didn't get the SmackDown ratings, but they said it was the lowest that Fox has ever had. I didn't get the actual <laughs> numbers, but I did get the other numbers for Raw, NXT, and AEW. The Raw ratings were at 1.687 million. Okay. Uh, NXT ratings was at 759,000. Mm-hmm. AEW 
It was at 715,000. So NXT beats um, AEW for the ratings this week. Yeah, they did. Um, um and Tony Khan and and, yeah. and oh, Chris God. Jericho are looking like freaking clowns. They are, and they're trying to justify that they actually won. I'm sorry to say, on paper, and and I know we're gonna talk about this later on, but we gotta mention this now because you just mentioned it, right? Is the simple fact that Chris Jericho and Tony Khan. What are you guys smoking? Now, Jerry's a good friend of the show, too. He is. We all like Jerry. But you cannot justify me watching Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho as a main event over Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. Yep. Seriously? Come on, man. And they're trying no. to justify it by saying, well, we have the demographics. and but No. No, no, I just and, and read the ratings. That's the thing that pisses me off is because, like, every week we're talking about ratings. And then the two weeks that you lose or three weeks in a row that you lose, now we're talking about demos. Yeah. Listen, man, humble yourself. A loss is a loss. Call Iron Grant, Sheik. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care about the demos. You guys me. are always talking about ratings. So stick with the fucking ratings. You exactly. lost. That's it. All right? God. When WWE loses, you don't see me saying fucking, well, the demos. No. <laughs> well, I'm 49 years old, so I didn't watch that part of it. But I did <laughs> watch the nine, uh, the 845 segment because I am 49. No, guys. Come on. GTF. You guys are making yourself look silly. Um, and you know are. what? With that being said, Tony, I want to put Chris Jericho and Tony mm. Khan's <gasps> demos what? in the books. What? And that's it. You know, wow. I, you know what, Jer, you're a good okay. friend of the show, but go fuck yourself. Uh, so, so Jericho and Khan demo? Yep. Yeah, we'll do that. So, so Jericho and Khan's demos? You just made the book. All right. With that being said, I am done with the rumors. Let's go straight into the injury, Rick. Uh, Chris uh, Jericho's pride is in the injuries. <laughs> Tony Khan's pride is in the injuries. Um, TJ Logan is probably crying right now after getting the hater comment. So, um, and make sure wow. you guys check out uh, Wrestling POV Global every Friday. You got Elio, you got TJ Logan over there killing it, doing their thing, talking about AEW, talking about New Japan, which is uh, coming back with the vengeance. Yeah. Um, don't want to miss out on this show every Friday. Also, we have WPOV Quarantine, where you get mm -hmm. to see our faces. Yeah. Um, this previous week, they uh, <laughs> TJ Logan, Elio Canella, were, uh, they had some guests, Andy Anderson. They had uh, Raven over there. Not mm -hmm. the Raven, but uh, a female wrestler, Raven. Uh, she was over there. Uh, Omen, he was there again. And they did uh, a show about uh, women wrestlers and uh, where they've come and what they've done. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to check that out next week? Make sure you stay tuned because I'm going to be on the show. Tony may make appearances. Uh, we're going to go over managers of all mm. time. So it's going to be a, a cool thing. We're doing it for quarantine. Uh, it's just a, a show where we get to talk about uh, different topics and uh, we get to talk about one topic for a long period of time. So make sure you check that <laughs> out uh, yeah. on our Absolutely. Facebook page. Um, let's go into the hot tag news of the week. Tony yeah. Diaz. Hot tag this week is should 
professional wrestling consider having seasons? So, Rick, what are your thoughts on this while I load up the comments? All right, you know, for me, we, we mentioned it last week, and we, and we thought we would uh, share it with you guys. Uh, Lucha Underground is a great example of having seasons. Um, mm -hmm. It gives you that uh, that mystique and the magical stuff uh, added to wrestling. Right. Um, this is where a great eye for an eye match would be considered <laughs> in Lucha Underground. That's um, true. Does it work for things like WWE? I don't think so. And that's why I think the eye for an eye match is going to fail. But with that being said, having seasons means that you have to end at one point and then you come back again. Now, mm -hmm. Tony, I'm going to tell you this. How about they have different seasons for different people? So, right. for example, yeah. you can have... Uh, Brock Lesnar and John Cena having their matches during this one season. And then the next season, we have Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Mm -hmm. And different, so different wrestlers will be part of different seasons. So that means right. when one show ends, the other show picks up. So you still have a year long show. True. You'll just have different people partaking in those seasons. Right. Now, I get it sometimes. Oh, yeah, but we want John Cena and Roman Reigns to fucking fight. Okay, so then maybe down the line, John Cena does back-to-back -back seasons. Roman mm -hmm. Reigns does back-to-back -back seasons. Or you can have three seasons on the year and, and do it that way. You know, it, it's, it's, it sounds complicated, but it's not that complicated to do. You give guys and they, women breaks. Like you're giving them a break. Yeah, you know, um, mm -hmm. as a teacher, I need that summer vacation. <laughs> my brain is going to burn out. And imagine, my brain is going to burn out. These guys and women, their brains and their bodies are going to burn out. Uh, you watch the movie 350 Days. It's a long freaking time to be working. Out of 365, you're working 350 That's days. True. It's It's hard on the body. You it yourself is. know how difficult it is on your body. Mm -hmm. um, so for me... Absolutely, wrestling should have seasons. There's no way that they shouldn't. So, uh, what are, what are some of the comments there for us? All right. So, uh, someone from Wrestling POV <laughs> said, "I would say so. That way, writers can use the off seasons to write books, storylines, and talent uh, can spend more time with their families." Uh, Clay Cummings, he said, "I would love for them. I would love that for them. I'm sure the wrestlers would benefit from it." Seeing family time off, new storylines, I agree, I'm all in for it. If it benefits the wrestlers, giving them a break, then I'm all for it. But WWE has been doing this way for so long, I don't see it happening. I'm all in for protecting the wrestlers, but I don't, I just don't see it either. Company doing this is, in my opinion. Um, he's, he's right to an extent, because, uh, and, and you're right too. Now, here's the deal. As a wrestler myself... Okay, well, even before I go to that comment, think of it this way. They, the WWE, and then we're just mainly focusing on WWE, they have a lot of talent, a lot of talent that they could do these off seasons exactly like you just said. But you have to understand as a wrestler, when your momentum is that high, you want to keep going to make the best of it, to get the most money you can, and all this other stuff. I, I'm i like 50-50 on it, 
as far as okay, one of them, and one point they're right, and another point they're wrong. When uh, I'll, I'll throw a sports analogy out there, I'm a huge Yankee fan. Now, when the, when the Yankees are like in the World Series, that momentum is there, the hype is there, the Yankees hype is there, and this and that. They win the World Series. Now they go in the off season. I don't think the momentum is gone until spring training. You look forward to it. You're like, yeah, Yankees, yeah, let's go. Let's do it again. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? So I think with wrestling, and, and this is going to wrestlers, is that when if you're on a hot streak, that's fine. Does it? But Because they got to understand, not all hot streaks stay hot. Yeah. Not all, It doesn't. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Somebody like in, even in Bray Wyatt's case, sometime in the near future or in the past, who knows? That ca- that character can die down. As a matter of fact, think of it this way: when he did the first Bray Wyatt, and I still dig it, but maybe he was feeling that you know what? I need to change this up a little bit. Yeah. And then he goes with the fiend, and then you, and look at and look at the success of it now. So. Having an off season doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose that spot. If you're that confident that you're what you're doing is gold, okay, let, let's let's throw in Drew McIntyre. This year's been hot for him, winning the Royal Rumble and and obviously with COVID nineteen hitting, I think it kind of damned it down a little bit. But he's he's still on a hot streak. He's he's champion. Um, would he benefit from? having an off season and and would he come back and people will go nuts to see him back yeah it's kind of hard to tell somebody like yeah um new day another one i mean there's a lot of of variables out there that if somebody like an apollo cruz and no disrespect to apollo cruz but he won the u.s championship that's great but would he benefit from an off season yeah, if he came true. back, would people be like, oh, my God, it's Apollo. No, when he comes back, like, oh, it's Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> There's a but difference you know, there. But, like, I like what you used about the uh, the baseball season. Uh, after the baseball season ends, a, a month later, you have winter meetings, which is right. one of my favorite times of the year where trades and, and people getting signed get yeah. started. Yep. That'll be a great moment where you can advertise a, a draft. You can do some trades. All right, he's gonna be getting traded to this show or this yeah, season. I agree. And this, you can have, like I said, you can have three different seasons a year or two seasons a year, and then during the December months, November, you can have that draft and then go right into Royal Rumble and, I and agree. Do stuff like that. So, um, it, it's definitely something they should definitely consider. I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for that, and it's, and protecting the wrestlers is probably the number one thing to do. I agree with you. I really do. Um, I think just to close it out, it's, it's hard to tell if they should. But I do like what, how you put it, though. Uh, it's different than what Lucha does, Lucha Underground, where when that season ends, it ends. It, you don't see them for a few months or whatever until the next season. But then again, are they still doing it now? No, they're not. No. Yeah. And why is it? What happened? Did the ratings yeah. go down, or did people lose interest because they had an off season? Uh, nobody knows. Um, but I like how you put it out there. Uh, for the first six months, Roman Reigns will be on a hot streak in this feud, and he's heavyweight champion. Okay, 
when he loses that title, give him two months off. That's his yeah. off season to recover, to to reset his body. Somebody like a Roman Reigns can be- benefit from that for sure, because yeah. when he comes back, people will be excited. And and you know it goes back to what I was saying, is you get somebody like Apollo Cruz, they take time off and they come back. Is it really going to be beneficial for the are, yeah. are there other people really going to miss him? It honestly depends on what storyline he was involved in. Yep. If he was involved in the storyline, like let's just say Bobby Lashley and MVP beat the shit out of him bad to the point of he needed an off season where he took two months off. And then there was a storyline where uh, Bobby Lashley was fighting Drew that ended up being like a two month feud. And then this time around, it looks like Bobby Lashley was just about to to win the title and then all of a sudden Paulo Cruz comes out and screws Bobby Lashley. Now you kind of continue and, in that feud, but yep. it's also like, oh shit. Yep. And you can you even see what write I'm saying? as as Apollo takes Bobby out and now yeah. Bobby's out for two months. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. He got his revenge. Yep. So that was his off season. Um and as far as women goes, WWE's women is stacked. They have a lot of good talent, and I wish that they would push. I think the women, honestly, would benefit more from this than the men would. Because yeah. you're looking at, well, Charlotte's out. She's just had surgery. She's going to be out for a while. So who's going to be the next person to step up? Um, Becky's out, pregnant. Who's going to be the next person to step up? Um, there's a lot. they got a lot of good talent that I think that the women would definitely benefit from. Because think of it this way. I love the, the, I'm starting, it's growing on me more and more and more every time I see them, Bailey and Sasha. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing them every Raw, every SmackDown. They were in NXT for that week. So just for about the whole week of wrestling, we saw Sasha and Bailey. Yep. Every SmackDown, we always got to see Sasha and Bailey. So is that, you know, being overdone or do they need a break? Do they need the off season to to have somebody like um, Lacey Evans, you know, to get that yeah. push again and to get see, make her credible? I don't see it that way. Just because they are so on fire right now, but that's but that's Bailey what I'm Sasha, saying though. It, like, that eventually, that fire is going to get put out. Yeah, and when and it gets put what? out, that's when you take your break. Because <laughs> like there are just some things where you're just like these girls, these women, these wrestlers are on. fire fire bro there is mm-hmm. no way that you can take them off tv anytime soon when they I, eventually I, when they I eventually agree. fight each other you can definitely take them off after that I, I do agree with you they are on fire but it's like i said if if they're on fire and then that fire is slowly dying down and then you give them an off season then they oh, try yeah, to come back yeah are really are people really gonna care I, I, don't, I don't know. I love him. Not, I love not, him, Tony. I, okay. All right. All right. Calm down. But, <laughs> but I, I just think while the fire is hot, have them, like, if you did give them an off season, I think when they come back, it'd be even hotter. And you can even change shit up where Bailey all of a sudden is a baby face. You come back as a heel, but then turns into a baby face for some odd reason. I don't know. Yeah. But I am liking the way Bailey's turning into a, a, her heel. She she found it. I think she found it. Yeah. But like I said, it's is is this is a tough situation for them to have it because as a wrestler yourself, myself, do you really want an off season? 
if if you feel that you're on a hot streak, you're selling merch like crazy, it, it's all got to be putting in the contract too. That during yeah. the off season that you're still going to get paid. Yeah. Um, which a majority of them are contracted anyway, so they are going to get paid. Um, because think about it. Look at Bobby Roode. When was the last time we saw him? He's still getting paid. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, just got to make sure that that's in the contract. But that's with the bigger people, low the lower card people. I think that would kind of hurt them. But at the same time, when these upper people are taking their seasons off or that's taking a break, that's yep. there. Here's your opportunity. And on top of that, being that you just said that, it can look at Vince and be like. Because uh, from what I'm hearing, too, Vince is the mastermind behind the whole Otis thing and the money in the bank. So, yeah. Where's he been? Hey, where's he been? <laughs> but at the same time, it could show Vince. All right, well, here's here's Heath Slater. I'm just throwing him out. Okay, show me what you can do. And then it, maybe it might get Vince back in touch with reality because he's still off. Um, anyway, all right, final, final, final say, Rick. What do you think? We gave enough reasons for the seasons, so do it. All right, there you go. It's time to take a break. Um, But, uh, again, if you guys have a hot tag uh, suggestion that you want us to talk about it, throw it on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll put it out there, and then we'll talk about it. It might make fun of you, but, hey, it just goes with the territory. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to take a break. We come back. We got This Week in Wrestling. Hey, guys, this is Kevin Owens. Uh, Make sure to listen to the Wrestling POV Podcast. Take it easy, guys. Maybe I'll end up on your show one day. Who knows? But if I do, I'll probably end up taking the whole thing over, and then it won't really be your show anymore. So maybe it's not a good idea. Who knows? We'll see how that works out. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to CarlNobleBrand.com. Save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. It yeah. helps support your local indie wrestlers, and it helps support us, the Wrestling POV Podcast. Speaking of podcasts... Make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlingPOV and you might see a new shirt there now available from Wrestling POV Global. We got the Legend and the Gentleman t-shirt. You don't want to miss out on this shirt for $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus you have other great Wrestling POV merchandise available there. We got some great shirts. Um, the Legend and, and the... The, the gentleman shirt, I love it. The legend, the arrow points up, and the gentleman points down. Yeah. Now, now the gentleman can be a, a gentle lady. It could be a gentle man. It can be a gentle whatever you want it to be. Um, but it, it, it's a play on our 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 co-hosts from Wrestling POV Global, Elio Canella and TJ Logan. So make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling POV. Get your shirt from Wrestling POV Podcast today for $19.99 plus shipping and handling. And remember, guys, when you buy a shirt, you help us help you help us help you. <laughs> All right, there you go. Let's go into uh, this week in wrestling. Uh, yeah. Start off with Raw. Uh, for me, a shocking start to Raw. This was this was a very shocking start to Raw. Uh, I gave it a three with Heath Slater coming okay. back. Uh, now I gave that segment. I gave it a three, and the reason why is because he spoke with such emotion, like you can tell that it was real. And the one thing about Heath Slater, granted. You, he was he was uh, 
I don't want to say a jobber, but at the same time, you knew he wasn't going to win a lot of the matches. But his character in itself, he could have done anything. When he did the whole I got kids thing, that worked. Everybody was yeah. behind him. Yep. Um, and, and, and you know what? The WWE did the right thing also by having him win the tag titles with Rhino. Yeah. That was the, the, I think that was the best thing for him. Uh, I didn't like the run, though. I didn't no. like the run. That I was thought a bad it, run. it was a bad run. But uh, just a simple fact in this segment in itself, he, he knocked it out the park. And it was cool because Drew was even like, you know, you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, happy it, for, it, it, it was, was definitely it was, a heartfelt moment. It uh, definitely, definitely was. I agree but with that. That's why they, I gave it a, huh? They threw it all away with the match. <laughs> exactly. And that's where exactly where I was going to come out with. Uh, but then when they did the match, I gave it a one and a half. Um, the reason why I even gave it a one and a half was just how Drew freaking almost knocked his head off. I was like, good Lord. Um, but, yeah, it was it was interesting enough to, to – I, I just really liked it. Uh, the other high moment in, in Raw was Bailey versus Asuka. I really like this match. I gave this match a three. Um, yeah. This was a this was a long raw though. It was. <laughs> it really was. Um, now an interesting uh, side. Uh, you know what? The low points. I'll go with the low points. Uh, the lowest point I had was the Kevin Owens show with Seth Ooh. and Ray and Dominic. I gave oh. that a one. Um, that was actually that was the lowest. There was a couple of one and a halves here and there, uh, but I did want to throw out. The Lashley and MVP promo. I gave it a one and a half, by the way. But they introduced the new uh, U- U.S. title. Yes. From what I heard, obviously, because MVP has it, uh, when he faces Apollo at Extreme Rules, uh, it, when Apollo wins, because he, he's going to win, um, that he's going to use that title and then retire the other title. Okay. So that, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Um so now, here's my side note. And we discussed this a little bit earlier, too, when we were talking about the whole AEW. Is that so? And this is my, how I wrote it. So, how is it that the WWE was able to get a belt finished, but Cody is still saying that TNT belt isn't finished? That's number one. Uh-huh. He still was just, well, because of the whole COVID 19 thing. The WWE just did a whole brand new belt. Yeah, brand everything was complete on it. So, and this is why I say what I say about AEW fanboys because they were still defending the fact that we're still not finished. Cody liked it. He liked it a lot. That he said he's gonna get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Fuck is wrong with people? Uh, Well, I do. uh, There, there was some speculation around that. They said that that U.S. title and the SmackDown tag titles were done before this whole COVID thing. They were just (laughs) holding on to it. Which, all right, maybe that's true. But I do have to say this: What belt company is not running right now? Exactly. Because of COVID, most of the stuff is online. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't see why the TNT title couldn't be done. Yeah. Um. That being said, the defense of the TNT title is ridiculous, and that's why it's in the book. Exactly. That's exactly why it's in the book. But at the same time, come on. I'm sorry. (laughs) I still believe that it was Cody's idea. When he saw the belt, he says, I like it. I really do. 
And then the backlash came out, and they were like, what the hell is this atrocious-looking belt doing on TV? Cody's only defense was, well, it's not finished. Not finished yet. <laughs> okay, give me a break. Nothing. And then, of course, the AEW fanboys, what did they say? Okay, you're right. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. Um, Overall. Well, I got another side note. I got oh, another okay. side note, which is Billy Kay. Uh-huh. I, I talk about it every week, how I am so impressed with the Iconics. Uh-huh. But her match, I was like, so I was even more impressed. I Actually, I thought she was going to lose, but she came out winning. But I love how, and this is how good they are, and they don't even realize how good they are. And it's like I said, it's the little things. And Billy Kay did this one spot after she won, and she powdered out to the ring, outside of the ring. And she was calling the ref to raise her hand. Come over here. Raise my hand. Why you in there? So she's like taking control of a situation where she was being a heel, obviously, but being more of a heel by saying, fuck that dude in the ring. Get get over here and raise the person that won. It's like I said, the little things like that, it catches my attention. And it's like I said, they're still green at the game. Yeah. But they're doing a damn good job, and they're doing things that I don't even think, like I said, I don't think they realize that they're doing a good job. Overall, I gave uh, Raw 2.10. Okay, all right. We're pretty close. Um, first of all, I have to announce <laughs> I have to announce that Tony was wrong about Carrie Sane. Um, Carrie Sane is still there. Um, I didn't say it last week. Tony definitely was. His Wait, what, what are you Tony. talking about? No, she's still leaving. Yeah, oh no, yeah, but yeah, but but you definitely said that she was going to Japan right away. I didn't say that in my news. I didn't say right all. away. No, but I didn't say that at all. But um Mr. Rick, I, I don't think he's getting it that you're the one that said it and you're trying to blame him. You, you have to understand. <laughs> with Mr. Tony, you have to talk slowly. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Michael. All right. So last week I said Carrie Sane was leaving to Japan because of the Nia Jax injury. Clearly, that's not what's happening. (laughs) Carrie Sane is still there. Go on. Alright, Carrie Sane versus Sasha. I thought it was a great match. Uh, I gave it a three. That was my highest point. Also, another high point, like you said, Billy Kay defeating Ruby Riot gave that a three. If you notice, that's the, I skipped that for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I talked about her match, I didn't mention who she fought. Speaking of which, I have to put something in the book. And that is Ruby Riot's Green Weave. Oh my god, no. <laughs> that shit came right out. Extensions and all. So, Ruby Riot's Green Weave. And I can't wait for Tony to say that later. Uh... Ruby Riot's Green Wave. You just read the book. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Um, I know you did my, that shit on purpose. Definitely. My lowest points was Drew McIntyre defeating Heath. I gave that a one. That's why did you bring him back for that? And it's a one-off. He's not coming back. Heath yeah. Slater. He, They're done. saying that he's still that uh, he's gonna be at Slammiversary. So. We'll see. Oh. Okay. Impact. Okay. Impact. Got you. Uh, Ko show. Uh, with Seth, ridiculous, gave that a one. And ojo y ojo, eye for an eye. Um, MVP and Lashley defeating Cedric and Ricochet gave that a one. Lashley, 
uh, was fine, but MVP fighting in a suit, I'm not for it. And I'll get more into that on SmackDown, how I'm not for people not wrestling in wrestling gear. Um, overall, I... Yeah, overall, I gave uh, Raw a 1.9. But I do have to mention this real quick. Uh, I did not like how Randy Orton acknowledged Garza and Andrade, but did not acknowledge Zelina. I felt like that was... What are you talking about? Like, when he was backstage with the promo, he was like, you're third generation, you're third generation. And it was just like... Zelina wasn't there, and and what I don't like about that non-acknowledgement is that Ric Flair acknowledges her, yeah, and Orton didn't even look at her, so it just it just felt like she's the reason why these guys are where they're at right now. Right. Say what yeah. you will about those no, guys, without Zelina they wouldn't be there. So mm-hmm. he should at least give her a fist bump or something, and right. then say you're third generation, you're third generation, whatever, and mm-hmm. you're the reason why they're here. Something. I just felt like that was kind of distasteful and, and kind of disrespectful. But overall, okay. like I said, I gave Raw a 1.9 stars. It is now time for the Great American Bash Night 2 NXT POV Mamma <laughs> Um, You know what, Tony? I- I'm going to have to put my foot in my mouth. Um, because <laughs> Candice LeRae and Mia Yim put on a damn good match. They did. That was a damn good street fight. I gave it a 3.5. That was the highest, the highest score I gave any match on this card, which says a lot because I gave a lot of threes out on this card. But uh, one thing I would say about this, and maybe for future women's street fights and matches, you're going to have to use smaller uh, weapons. It's (laughs) difficult. It's definitely difficult for these women to get the tables out and... It takes away from, like, you know, the speed what? of the match. Yeah, exactly. The speed of the match, <laughs> it slows things down. Like, when you're, all right, I'm setting up the table, and i got to throw them through the table. It's so much slower with the women because the table's so much heavier for them. Right. So I feel like maybe water down the, the weapons or maybe use different weapons. Mm. Um, blah, that's blah, my- blah. Damn. All right. Damn. <laughs> um, my lowest point. For sure, it was Johnny Gargano defeating Swerve. And I'll tell you why. I gave it a one, by the way. Um, oh, wow. Slow pace, and it was a mm-hmm. spot fest. And it was, yeah. You cannot have a spot fest and be slow paced. Um, I felt like every move that was supposed to be like a flip, whatever, was just so slowly progressing that it just made it look, it just looked so bad. Um, right. It looked like they were training. And I've seen people do trainings and stuff like that where, okay, we're going to do this move. One, two, three, flip. And then do this move. One, two, three, switch. That's what it felt like to me watching this match. Mm-hmm. It was just slow, slow, slow. Did not like it yeah. at all. Um, I don't like Swerve. I don't think... Really? I, I, you don't like him? I don't see... Much difference than I would I see in a lot of other wrestlers. I feel like everybody's just taking okay. on the same character now. Uh, it, reminds, it reminds me a lot of Private Party. Reminds me mm. a lot of the Street Profits. Well, you have a hatred for Private Party, don't you? Uh, oh, I definitely do. Um, <laughs> but I did, we'll get more into that in AEW. Um, but I do have to say that was the lowest moment. I do have to say that NXT overall I gave a two point three. Wow. And and I just have to say this, Mercedes Martinez, I gave that a 1.5. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Uh, yeah. Santana Garrett is too big for her. 
Yeah. To to make her look like a monster, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, what's your POV on the Great American Bash Night Two? Um, it was it was better than Night One. Um, but I do have to agree with you. I uh, Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae for a women's weapons match. Oof. Did you see Mia Yim? She posted a picture of her wounds. Yes. Oh man! But I gave it a two and a half only because. And it was Candice LeRae. Um, she's too. You're saying that the weapons are too big for them. I think she's too small to be in a match <laughs> like this. Um, but that wasn't the lowest point. I just wanted to go over that because it was a, a decent match. A couple low points I did have was Bronson Reed versus Tony Nice. Um, really? Yeah, there was just something about it. I'm, I'm a fan of Bronson Reed as a big boy, but they've been jobbing him out, and then now you're trying to make us you know look at him like and take him serious it's like no um the other lowest moment i had and i is the same score as you santana garrett versus uh, mercedes martinez a one and a half and honestly the only reason why i gave it a one and a half is because i liked mercedes uh her entrance her entrance was really really good i liked it it was scary it was a different take on her um and that's the reason why i gave it a one and a half um if she would have just came out like a normal joe uh, I would have gave I would have gave this match a point five. I was not a big fan of it at all. The biggest high point uh, was Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. Even though I already knew who won, it was still a good match. This yeah. was probably Keith Lee's best match I've seen him do so far. He didn't overdo it with some things, but you can tell that there was a there was a couple spots where they were trying to recreate a spot they did when they had the live crowd when Adam Cole was running and Keith Lee pushed him. So they did it again, and it's like, come on. You know, we knew that, you know, it was devastating the first time, but you can't recreate. It's hard to recreate something like that. And um, if I had to be picky, um, that it was just that. And I knew they were going to do that. I knew they were going to do, like, some big moves on this. Um, but I still enjoyed the match. Uh, three and a half. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, my side note, uh, even while Keith Lee is winning, carrying Cross, the way he was just oh watching him. Yes, yes. And, and Scarlett was right there with that little smirk on her fucking face. And then just leaves. And Karrion's still there like, yeah, I'm next, motherfucker. You know, it was just downright creepy, but yeah. good. I loved yeah. it. I gave NXT a 2.16 this week. All right. Uh, now time for Fighter Fest Night 2, AEW mm-hmm. Dynamite. Um, Dynamite. For me, uh, the highest point, hands down, of any show this week was the Lucha Bros Butcher and the Blade defeating the Young Bucks and FTR. I gave that a mm. four. This is tag team wrestling. All right. I have to say this, Tony. I am a AEW fanboy when it comes to their tag team division. They have the <laughs> best tag team division in wrestling today. The problem I have with this is that none of these teams are going for the tag team titles. None. That nope. is absurd. Um, is. I gave it. I gave that a four. And just to get into this whole private party thing I have. I Like I said last week, I have a huge issue with them. I feel so strongly about this that they are not ready. They are very young. They look very young when they're in the ring with these grown men. Their gear is atrocious. I don't like the gimmick. It makes no sense to me. Um, Matt Hardy... 
Matt Hardy being with them makes no sense to me. Mm-mm. Um, and it just. You know, we have we have a group chat with the Wrestling POV Global guys, and we were just all go going. Me and TJ were just going in on private party. Just <laughs> <laughs> like we don't like them. But one yeah. place that me and TJ disagree on is uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Right. I want to split them up already. They're not a tag team. They're, they would never a tag team. And That's the just chem- the thing. And you have four tag teams that just had a match together that I gave mm-hmm. a four because they're that damn good. Give them the fucking belt. <laughs> exactly. Listen, man. Put Adam Page against Cody for the TNT title. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine Kenny Omega versus... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name with Jake the Snake? Uh, Lance uh, Archer. Lance Archer. Lance Archer versus Kenny Omega. You can build that into a great story. Mm-hmm. An, an underdog story for Kenny Omega to come over at a pay-per-view and fucking win. You yeah. have Jake the Snake giving... Oh, come on. They do not belong together. They are not a tag team. They're not. They're, they they have chemistry, but they don't have tag team chemistry. True. Like, they, they, like they, it just there's something about it. One's a cowboy and one's trying to be Naruto. Um, <laughs> I, let's... Uh, my lowest point was Nyla Rose defeating King and Page. I gave that a point five. She's talking about getting a manager. That mm-hmm. is just. Uh, Do you who? have any idea who it is? It, it cannot be another old head. I cannot take that. There are too many old heads. Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, Tully, Jake the Snake. You guys got to move on. Find mm-hmm. somebody that's a good manager. Rick Serrano mm-hmm. the Third is available. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my lowest point. And, and Taz. Go fuck yourself with your FTW title. No one mm. fucking gives a fuck about that. Wait till I get but into that. Overall, I gave uh, AEW a one point nine. Uh, wow, that's what, being generous. That yeah, I was well. The four adjusted oh, the four. it. Yeah, what, that's it, right. Yeah, yeah. And I was nice with Jericho and Orange Cassidy. I gave it a two point five. Should have stuck to my guns and gave it a 1.5. But TJ Logan was uh, giving me some shit about it. Saying that <laughs> I gave it too low. And he still thinks the 2.5 was too low. So, I don't know. Well, it's, it's an average. 2.5 is average. It's right and down that was the a, Yeah, that was an average match for me. It wasn't that. great. It wasn't bad. You know, when it, it a 2.5 happens, it's not great. It's not bad. Especially for a main event. That's why I, yeah. gave it a, I was going to give yeah. it a lower score. Yeah. But, all right. Now, now what, here's my take? thing. Here's my thing before I get into the AEW. That girl, what was her name? Abaddon? Yes. Where the hell has she been? I don't know. <laughs> they did sign her. Yeah. And this is, but see, this is what I'm talking about with AEW. They don't know how to debut people. Abaddon was the most talked about wrestler in that whole week when she made her appearance. Because everybody, even the people that don't know her or follow her, they were all like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Wow, and great, and da-da-da. You think AEW would take advantage of that? No. Haven't seen her no. in two weeks. G- give Nyla Rose another title shot. E- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my Lord. This AEW, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm done. The lowest point was a Cage and Taz promo. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. This is part of my side note, so just bear with me. So... My thing is, so Raw debuted a new belt, so this was AEW's answer in introducing a fucking dumbass belt, the FTW belt, really? So you're only saying that Brian Cage is not going to beat Moxley, so you're going to put a title on him anyway. That's basically what they're doing. Yep. 
And the FTW, oh my God. Now, first of all, uh, people were asking, well, doesn't WWE own the rights to ECW? They do, but they don't own the rights to the FTW belt. Unfortunately, Taz does. He filed the, the, the trademark for it and everything, so he owns that. And that's why he was able to bring that title back. But why? Why? But no one, but, but that's the thing. No, no one got, gave two shits about that belt. And, and that's the thing, but you get a lot of people who are supporting it and are just like, well, obviously you didn't watch ECW back in yeah. the day. Yeah. It meant shit then, it means shit now. <laughs> and, and you know, I saw a poll that somebody put up. Which uh-huh. non-meaning title uh, is the best? The FTW title or the million dollar title? And they mentioned some other title. And mm-hmm. the FTW title was beating out the million dollar title. What? Are you fucking kidding me? The million dollar belt, as meaningless as it was, was so impactful for the character of the million dollar man. And it's mm-hmm. just so impactful for careers like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. That you're going to talk about the FTW title was better? Look at that garbage of a title. Ugh. They, and, and you know what? On. It's funny because it kind of resembles the 24-7 title. Right? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, man. I am telling you right now, what, what that segment, it was probably the worst segment I've ever seen. Number one, Taz, you think just because you say a swear word, that makes a really good promo? Bro, I wrote that down. I said it. I said, uh, being a heel doesn't mean you have to curse to get heat. Yeah. You know, like, you don't need a piece of shit, son of a bitch, motherfucker, liquor. (laughs) All he's trying to do is trying to act like he's still ECW. Extreme, yeah. It's still, he's still extreme. Get the fuck. You know, I can't... I, I'm sorry, right? There's always been a hatred to Taz. I've explained myself why I never liked Taz. Um, and he's just making it worse on himself. He's, he's got this fucking chip on his shoulder, Rick, that I can't stand, man. I just... He just thinks like he was the greatest wrestler. He's bullshit. Dude, I'm telling you, I've heard stories from people who went to school with him. Wrestling school, I'm talking about. And they say he was the biggest pussy that was there. He complained about a bump or that someone hit him for real. Get the fuck. And he's trying to act like he was a tough son of a bitch. Get the fuck out of here, man. And, and what's, what's funny... Going back to AEW, is that Tony Khan, and this was part of my side notes, is that Tony Khan said, stated right before AEW started, that he has a huge announcement from Taz, that this is big, that this is massive. And the announcement was that fucking FTW belt. That was your huge announcement? Really? That? If I was watching AEW at the time, because I don't watch it live, um, I would have definitely turned the channel. I, I, as a fan, I would have been disappointed. Like that's a huge announcement. Yeah. I would have, I would have changed. That it. was the huge announcement. Anyway, but yeah, actually, you know what? That wasn't even the lowest point of AEW. The lowest point of AEW, I gave it a point five, and that was Nyla Rose versus Paige and yeah. King. That was just terrible. That first of all, a handicap match is when it's two on one at the same time, not as a tag team. 
That's stupid. I don't know who came up with that. That is the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not a handicap match. You're still fighting one-on-one, dumbasses. But I get where they're coming from. But it's still, it's not considered a handicap match. Um, Unfortunately, the highest point of AEW was Orange Cassidy versus Jericho. I gave it a two and a half. Yeah. But the thing of it is, the match with the Lucha Bros, uh, Butcher Blade, and FTR and the Young Bucks, I did give that a two and a half. For me... Now, it was a good match. I'm not going to take that away. But for me, it was a spot fest. It was a lot of spots happening for for one match. And it was happening at the same time. And that kind of throws that match off a little bit. Because uh-huh. they were taken away from the people, you know, trying to actually have that match. And, well, it's like, well, you can do, I can do better. I, I don't I don't like shit like that. It would have well, been a it would have been a higher rating, yeah. I would uh, I agree, but if if not that they, if they kicked back on the spot fest, but if they you know like did the spot and then did something else in between, then did another you know. But it was just too. It was a lot going on in that match. Holy shit! I can tell you right now. But it was good. If if Gargano and uh, Swerve had the pacing that this match had, it would have been a lot higher. Um, mm-hmm. You see the difference in how the spots were being done. These were done smooth. Right. Like, no, I was, agree. No, so that, that's that's for my take it was, on it. For me, it was just too much at one time. Yeah. No, I you get know? it. So, but uh, overall, I gave AEW a 1.57. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. It is now time for the SmackDown Breakdown. Woo-wee. What about the this... war between AEW and... Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. Jesus, uh, the war... The sorry, I mean, I forget. Um, Great American Bash, NXT versus Fighter Fest, AEW Night 2. Mm-hmm. Currently, AEW's ahead 24. I mean, NXT's ahead 24 to AEW's 12. This week, the uh, the guys at Wrestling POV Global both voted in favor of NXT. Mm. Um, I have to agree. Uh, NXT uh, was the clear-cut winner on night two. Night one was a lot closer, but this night, uh, night two, uh, NXT ran away with it, in my opinion. So I gave, I'm giving it to NXT. What's your take yeah. on it? No, I agree. I go with NXT only because the main thing was number one, the main event. Yet the AEW's main event was against Orange Cassidy against uh, Jericho. NXT, you had Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for both belts. And then yet AEW is still trying to justify that their show was better. Get the fuck out of here. It just made me vote more towards NXT when they were trying to justify that. Well, but hey, they might have won that, but we won this. Get the No, you lost the minute you was trying to justify that. So yeah. NXT this week. All right. Now it's time for the SmackDown breakdown. <laughs> and oh boy. Was this a bad week? Um, I'm just going to go through it quickly because I, I don't want to spend time talking mm-hmm. about this. My lowest points points was wow. Jeff Hardy defeating The Miz, point five. Uh, Lacey defeating Naomi, fighting in dresses and fighting in non-gear, point five. Uh, karaoke, point five. This was absolute garbage. What are you doing, SmackDown? And then you show Bray versus Braun from a couple of weeks ago in its entirety? Exactly. Are you foolish? <laughs> and 
let's get let's be honest. Bailey and Sasha defeating Bliss Cross. I gave that a one. How wow. many times are we gonna see this? Yeah. I get it. I love Bailey and Sasha. I've been telling you this for weeks now. But I'm over Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross better not win this title. She does not deserve it. She's not a good. Why oh my doesn't God. she deserve it? Because this character with Alexa Bliss is terrible. Go back to Crazy Nikki. That was a better character. Her wrestling at least seemed better. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just bad. Uh, New Day and Cesaro defeating. Uh, 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 I mean, the double uh, disqualification. A New Day Cesaro Nakamura gave that a 1.5. Wow. That was the highest point of the night for me. It was garbage. It's trash. If Cesaro Nakamura don't win these titles, mm. oh lord! And I don't want him to win just because I don't want New Day to win them back. That's right. the only reason. Why. That's true. Um, overall, this is the lowest rating I've ever given any show. A point eight is the score for SmackDown this week. Garbage! Holy shit, that's 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 pretty low, Rick. Didn't even break a one. Garbage. Wow. All right. Well, here's my take on it. There was a yeah, there was some low points. A point five for the karaoke showdown. A point five for the Naomi versus Lacey match. I don't know where they were going with it with this, but I did give a three to the New Day versus Shinsuke and Cesaro. I did really thoroughly enjoy this match. I thought the right outcome of this match was done correctly, but you're right. Um, but and I gave it, I gave it a three. But you're right. I, it's like. Shinsuke and Cesaro do need to win this title, but then you don't want to see it because then New Day is going to win it back, you know? So I do agree with that. Now, I will mention this as a side note, um, is that the Hardy and Sheamus in a bar fight, honestly, I think it's the right thing to do because they can do it in a cinematic way, that bar fight. They can't. Yeah. If this was like live and they like if this whole COVID thing never happened or whatever and we watch, this would probably be the worst thing next to that eye for for an eye match. Um, huh. Seriously, it's like. But I, when they announced it, I was like, okay, I'm not that mad because they could do it in a cinematic way. The eye versus eye match, I was mad, but I wasn't that mad because I'm like, well, they are going to do it in a cinematic way. I know for a fact some kind of CGI is going to be implemented in that match. Same thing with this one. Not really CGI, but it can be done in a cinematic way. Think of it like an old Western bar fight. It could be done that way. Who the fuck knows? But I just hope that they do away with this after this match yeah, that is absolutely. done. Um, now, I don't, like, considering how they've been going on with this, with Matt, uh, with Matt, with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, and how they're bringing out his past, his alcoholism, and all this other stuff, they need to kind of twist it around and make this a little bit positive. And he, I think Jeff did that a little bit today, or today, uh, last night, by saying, you know, it's not cool to make fun of my... You know, this and this. Yeah. So I appreciated that part. At least they acknowledged that. At least Jeff acknowledged that this isn't cool and this and that. So I, it's not, they kind of turned it around a little bit. I still don't like it, but I, I still appreciate the fact that they did turn it around a little bit. So, um, yeah, that was my side note. But SmackDown was atrocious, so I gave it a 1.5.
Wow. All right. So it is now time for Raw vs. SmackDown versus NXT. Currently, Raw's ahead six to NXT's five to SmackDown's one. SmackDown, you are going to be on one for a long time because yeah. this was atrocious. Um, it was bad. It definitely comes down to NXT and Raw for me. Um, the thing is, I gave NXT a 2.3 and I gave Raw a 1.9. Um, I honestly. close. I honestly gave it to... I'm going to give it to NXT this week. I Like I said, I was very surprised with LeRae and Yim. I thought Reed and Nice had a good match. I thought uh, Legado de Fantasma defeating Brizango and Drake mm-hmm. was pretty good. Um, and of good course, match. you have uh, Keith Lee defeating Adam Cole. Um, and uh, I do have to say, I love the Robert Stone, Aaliyah, Shotzi, <laughs> and uh, Killian Dane spot. Ran him over with her tank. <laughs> I do I like funny. this guy. I like the character. I love what Ali is doing. Um, so yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm going to go with NXT this week. What's your thoughts? No, I mean, I'm going off of my ratings. Uh, oh, I gave overall score for Raw a 2.1, and NXT was a 2.16. Wow. So I'll go with NXT. I think it was a All little right. bit of a better show. Even though I was I popped hard for for. Uh, the whole beginning segment, I thought that was neat because it was surprising, and and, and the reason why is because it wasn't even spoiled. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. spoiler out there about it, so I appreciated that that even more. Yep. All right, so NXT is gonna go and tie it up with Raw, oh. both at six to SmackDown's one. Tony, nice. let's open up a libro. May I please have your attention. The store will be closing in five minutes. Sure. All right. No problem. All right. So those that are new to the show, basically what we do is we put the most ridiculous things that happen in the week of wrestling, and uh, we just get a laugh. It's to make y'all laugh. During this whole COVID-19 thing, we all need a good laugh, and we hopefully we can provide that to you. So with that being said, uh, you ready? Yes, sir. Sam Roberts, go fuck yourself. Go fuck him. Kofi's Goldilocks. Stays. Garza's cousin Speedos. Are they getting worse? They are getting worse. They are getting worse. Okay. Uh, Liv Morgan's cage wedgie. Is that getting worse? No. It's <laughs> big. <laughs> Coronavirus. Oh, my God. I, You know, when we put this in the book, I thought it was going to be for a limited time. Yeah. It's like, people, it, wash your well, hands. Well, at the very least, uh, September. Uh, Fidel Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Uh, Jeff Hardy's one-gallon dehydrated piss jar. That stays. Yeah, it stays. Uh, MVP's older brother's suit. He's still (laughs) rocking that. Stays. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Doll's something about Mary's hightail. Let's give it one more week. One more week. Uh, Bronze nipple piercing. That's just nice. The TNT title. Oh, my God. That stays. Until Uh, it gets fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Cole's foot fetish. That is nasty. All and up in new, Matt Riddle's feet. I know, right? Oh my god. Oh. All right, and the new entrance into the book, Jericho and Khan's uh demo. Stays. And uh Ruby Riot's green weave. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. <Stays. laughs> oh Lord. Alright, that's that's it for the show. Uh we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. And before we close the show, I'm going to play a song from my playlist where you go up against a wrestling POV crew. 
it's just how we ride off into the sunset until next week where we're going to go over the uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Give our predictions on that. Also, this week in wrestling and whatever hot tag news that we got, either from ourselves or you, the fans, the viewers, the listeners. And uh, we'll talk about it next week. With that being said, I am your host, Tony Diaz, along with the third wheel. Rex around the third. And our intern. Miguel Cole. next week. Peace out. Are right, you ready? Yes, sir. Oh, that's old school. You're not going to get it. <laughs> I have no clue. Who is that? Alex Wright. Oh, my God. Alex Wright, yeah. yeah. All right, let, we'll do a different one. <laughs> Charlotte Flair. Charlotte. Charlotte. You don't own the rights. Alex Wright. Who the hell has Alex Wright's song on their phone? <laughs> <laughs>